Welcome to Those Who Do, the podcast, a show about unique people, their skills, their hobbies, their interests, and their lives. I'm Zach Barclay, here with the Trapper John to my Hawkeye Pierce, Tony Forsmark. Tom Flaherty is a husband and father from Cedar Falls, Iowa. He is also retired from a full career, 22 years, in the United States Army, where he was part of the Army's premier direct action raid force, the 75th Ranger Regiment. He was also a mountaineering instructor and helicopter pilot who flew special operations missions in multiple theaters. Tom gives us an intimate look into why he chose a career in the Army as well as how he earned his assignment to one of the most elite teams in the United States Army. He shares a surprising story of his first special operations mission as an Airborne Ranger as well as the sometimes strangely hilarious training situations he encountered while earning his tab and scroll. It's not hard, it just sucks. Tom's story is honest, informative, and full of humor amongst adversity. This is Those Who Do, The Army Rangers, with Tom Flaherty. Still not quite sure what I'm getting myself into, yet, you know? Obviously, they with my mom, because my dad scared me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, welcome back to another episode of Those Who Do Podcast. Uh, with you, as always, I'm Zach Barclay. And I'm Tony Forsmore. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get it one of these times, yeah. buddy. You'll get it. And with us today uh, is is Tom Flaherty. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate you coming yeah. down here. And, Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know what I, I didn't realize until uh, my daughters pointed it out today? Uh, today's Veterans Day. It is Veterans Day. What a serendipitous, <laughs> you really serendipitous moment. Were aware of that? You really weren't aware of that. Well, well, I, I mean, I knew it was. I just didn't put the two things together. Okay, like how how perfect it was. It was almost like it was meant to be. Almost, almost. It it, it really is uh, kind of neat that that this is the day that we decided that we were able to finally all get together and do this episode, uh, because indeed the thing that Tom has done. Uh, that's very notable is uh, he's had uh, an entire career in the military and uh, we'll get more into that and kind of break down what that meant um, for the what 20 22 years 22 plus years yep. wow that's amazing 22 years that Tom was in the military because uh, his experience is very unique um, but one thing that is very important is that you would have never been in the military you would have never be where you are now if you weren't you so we got to <laughs> rewind back right? right so i need to find out about little tommy okay all right so so there's some things that i do know i know yep. that uh that you were born and raised in iowa mm -hmm. right and you grew up in cedar falls right yep that's correct okay so cedar falls iowa uh tommy was let's start when tommy was five, five? do you remember okay. back when you're so five? i do um and we talked about this before so um I was actually born in Cedar Falls, but lived in Waterloo till I was about five years old. Oh, in the haunted in the house. The haunted house, oh, right? So haunted. So creepy. Um, I, drive, I drive by it tonight. It was just like, I can't imagine <laughs> what could possibly be going on in that house tonight. Yeah. Tom lived in a legit haunted house, Tony. That, like, that, it was, I'd appreciate that. Maybe, yeah, maybe, was, maybe not. Uh, not, uh, uh, not. Yeah. I mean, was, tell him the story about the- Okay. So yeah. I was probably about five years old. And this is probably back to my one of my earliest childhood memories. Oh. But I remember laying in bed, and I remember, and still to this day, like I can't sleep with my arms or my feet hanging off the side of the bed because <laughs> of this. But I remember my arm like hanging off the side of the bed, and then I remember 
feeling like like somebody had come in and like grabbed my arm and like put it back oh. on top of the bed. And I remember being like paralyzed with fear. Like I wanted oh. to look, but I was so absolutely terrified that that I was scared to open my eyes. And when I finally worked up the courage to open my eyes, it there was something standing in the doorway of my bedroom upstairs. And all I can remember describing it was like like a like shiny metal, like a, like a suit of armor, like a coat of armor or like the tin man or like a knight, like something like that. Right. And then seeing that and then just closing my eyes as tight as I could close them and, and waiting till whatever this thing was went away. And I never told my parents about it. I just always had bad vibes. I could always feel like I could hear something like walking up and down the hallway, just absolutely terrifying. But shortly after that, about a year later, we moved to Cedar Falls and, and, the, that was the end of all that stuff, right? Well, that's because nothing bad happens in Cedar nothing Falls. Nothing bad happens in Cedar Falls. It's a great, it's a great place. Part of, to, part of to it grow was up. probably because you moved and I didn't have your address. But <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward, I don't know, 15, 20 years later, because this is where it gets really interesting. Okay, right? I, was, I was like, well, well, you don't get away yeah, that easy. No, but now no. I see, I, we're, I see we, what you're we're going to yeah, tie yeah, this story yeah, together. Yeah, so. Yeah. Me and my sister are out to eat one night, and we're having drinks, and we're talking about the old house and things that we remember about the house, and we had never talked about this before. And she said, yeah, I never had a good vibe at that house. Like, I always felt like there was somebody, like, watching over us or some sort of just this weird being. And she said, I remember laying in bed one night, and I looked over, and I saw something in the doorway or the hallway and it was something like shiny. Oh fuck. And I was, I was like, stop, stop right there. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, we, I'm like, have we talked about this before? And she's like, what are you talking about? Huh. And I'm like, tell me more about this thing that you saw. And she's like, it was a person that reminded me of like, like a knight oh. or something shiny or like, and I'm like, that's, that's crazy because I've never talked about this with anybody. And the oh. fact that 15 or 20 years later, we would talk about this and you would describe the exact same thing that I saw. I mean, it gave me goosebumps and it was terrifying. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm like, this has to be a legit, a legit haunting. Uh, so I, kind of. Are you sure your dad yeah. wasn't just into cosplay? No, not <laughs> at all. Was a LARPer or? No, no. <laughs> My dad was not into fun. So. <laughs> That's how I know that wasn't the thing. <laughs> there was no fun. His fun involved making noise at home, and there was no noise at home. Can't imagine why you got into the military. <laughs> I don't know how that happened right? at all. So, oh wow! So poltergeist at five. Yeah, poltergeist at five. Okay, and then pretty much all. Uh, let's see what else we had a uh, uh, a couple members of the Sons of Silence motorcycle gang that lived next door. Oh, at uh, that house? Uh, yep, in that, Waterloo. That makes sense. Yeah, there's yeah. no Sons of Silence in Cedar Falls. They stay in Waterloo. <laughs> um, there's just the Sons of Happiness yeah, in Cedar Falls. Yeah, the Sons Falls, of yeah. Happiness and yeah. Sunshine. And I remember their house getting raided one night, so multiple Waterloo uh, police cars in the middle of the night, taking the neighbors away. Because we're about the same age, right? Yeah, I'm 41. Okay, so yeah, I'm 44, and okay. that was like, that was, a, so the Sons of Silence Motorcycle Club, mm -hmm. club, yep. Cause they're still around and yeah. I, I respect yeah. them yeah. a lot yeah. in their territory <laughs> yeah. and everything that they got going on. Right. Okay. But th that was a, a, a very formative thing when we were kids because 
everybody it was like right up there did you ever so so there's the sons of silence and everybody always talked about they have their own gangland show and that's how you know that they're legit right right right. they weren't just like a hangaround game there are they're all over iowa they were you know they were by perry there's a a woodward i think it had uh, weirdly enough right yeah well and and so there was that and now did this did this reach cedar falls the satan worshipers on south hackett road was that a thing um Gosh, that that's something that sounds familiar. I couldn't pinpoint a location, but that sounds familiar. Because that's what we were always told was that there were Satan, Satan worshippers on there. South Hackett Road. Okay. Were those the guys that dressed up in shiny night outfits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't say like Iowa chapter on the back of his. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think his, so. His, uh, they, were un- they were unaffiliated. Oh, <laughs> they're nomad. He was they're a nomad. nomad. <laughs> yeah, they were nomads. Oh, okay. um, so so those are like my yeah, those are like my earliest childhood memories are police police raids and nice. guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That explains what that. That's the Waterloo memories yeah, of your life because yeah, that, that tracks. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you moved from there to Cedar Falls. Yep. What's what's uh, what's your family structure? Uh, so, my parents were married okay. at the time, right. and I had two half brothers and a half sister from previous from my dad's, for both? my dad's previous. They were okay. all my dad's. Okay. Kids. Well, so he liked to have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't live with us. They were all. I think the youngest of the of those kids is. 51 so he's 10 oh. years oh wow older than me so how old how old is are your folks still alive yeah okay how old's dad i think dad's like in his mid 70s oh okay tony's age yeah <sighs> <laughs> Sigh. that's stevie nicks's age let's put it yeah 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 okay. so uh blue collar um right. my dad worked at john deere's for 30 plus years right yeah my mom worked at a bank and yeah blue collar i mean typical childhood played sports like nothing Nothing too crazy. Yet. Intel. <laughs> what sports? I mean, everything. Hockey, football, basketball, golf, baseball. Hockey. Soccer. Oh. Everything. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get to play hockey. hockey. We didn't get to play hockey. hockey. <laughs> I guess, what, you they play over Cedar yeah. Falls? Is that why? Because they got a hockey? No, yeah. they didn't have any. That We had to come over to Cattle Congress oh, yeah. to the... Uh, would have been at McElroy. McElroy then. Auditorium, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was before we had such fancy things as Young Arena. It always smelled like sweat in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And musty. And, and it wasn't all human sweat either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Played, played sports like normal. I think normal. I think that's a thing, right? Like normal childhood. I mean. I, yeah. Parents were married. My dad was very, very strict. Yeah. Just, you know, like he'd sit down in the basement and smoke cigarettes and I'd be upstairs walking around and... <laughs> Quit walking so goddamn loud. <laughs> it's like, fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> Quit yeah. existing yeah. so loud. Yeah. yeah. You're changing the channel too much. You know, like the old TV channel where you, where like, you had to like go through all the channels, yeah. like pick a channel and stick with it. Like, Well, that's I had, I had the dad that would fall asleep on the couch on a Saturday uh-huh. morning and I'd be like, I, I'd go to watch cartoons. He goes, I was watching that. <laughs> you know, he was completely asleep. And I was yeah. like, I'm like, come on, man. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was terrified of my dad, um, growing up, just a mean, just a big mean looking dude. Um, like, he, like just, just verbally mean or. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Just imposing. He was imposing, just imposing. Yeah. yeah just yeah, a yeah, big yeah. dude. He's like six, you know, he's probably six, two, six, three, probably two fifty, two sixty. just a big dude. He, he was, uh, he was a biker back in the day. So like biker tats and. Oh no shit. It, which is so different than you. Cause I mean, yeah. you, pristine skin. I know. I have yeah. a really nice skin, don't I? Yeah, I mean, just not a mark on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cost a lot of money to look this good. 
<laughs> yeah. So I was, I was terrified of my dad. Um, I remember one time um, he tried, I forget what I did, like probably something stupid. And he tried um, like swatting my butt with like a ruler or something stupid. Right. And he was like, he did it from his chair. Right. Cause he didn't want to get out <laughs> of his chair. So he like hit me in the butt like two or three times with a ruler like a yardstick, right? And I like giggled. Oh no. <laughs> and I immediately like, oh no. <laughs> and then I got it and then I got it good once and that was like that was the end of that. Yeah. Um and that was never no, no. So my dad never like beat me up or anything. Right. Um it was never like physical, just like just yell. He was a lot. an 80s dad. Yeah, he was an 80s. Yeah, just okay, yell a yeah. lot. <laughs> All right, cool. You want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. You know? <laughs> do you rattle? Do you rattle yeah. a belt? Mine yeah. used to oh, rattle yeah. the belt. Yeah, hit a belt. Yeah, you're gonna get the belt. <laughs> yeah. I was for some reason thinking of that exact same phrase. My sister's over yeah. to visit, and they it was like uh, things that I never heard said to my children. I mean, it was walking around. I'm like, quit your balling. Or I'll give you something yeah. to ball about. Ball. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you something to yeah, ball about. Ball. I'm like, oh god. I guess that's maybe why my kids cry all the time because I don't beat them enough. Yeah, I, yeah. Kids don't know what that's like. No. Like, oh uh, god, it's it's constant too. It's like, especially my seven year old man. Like she, everything makes her cry. Yeah, everything. And I'm like, dude, someday you're gonna have a fucking arm off, yeah. and yeah. I'm just gonna be like, you're fine yeah. because I have no. Yeah. I, there's no. Yeah. There is no litmus test. For whether she is actually yeah. feeling pain or I, not. Yeah, I tell my kids like you got to save that shit for when it's like when it's serious, right. when it really counts. Like mm-hmm. if you cry about everything when you're right. really upset. Yeah, people are just going to blow you off. Well, so you got to save that. And it's like there's nothing wrong with crying. Like yeah. I encourage it yep. if there's a reason for it. Yeah, but not just like oh, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't able to do this flip on my gymnastics yeah. bar. Yeah, or my sister took my favorite LOL doll, mm-hmm. and then it's just like tears and screaming and throwing things like. You know why I didn't do that? Because I was afraid of what would happen if I did. Yeah. Like it never happened, yeah. but it could have. Yep. And if somebody would have called the police, the yeah. police would have said, so? <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah. Why are you calling us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sounds to me like you need to go back in there and do some parenting. Yeah, don't waste <laughs> our time. Yeah. Well, where, 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 do you, like, where do you think I heard, quit your balling or I'll get some ball out? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ball much after that. I'm just going to say. <laughs> So what does that bring us up to? How so, about how yeah, old so is... I'm like in fifth grade okay, now, right? Yep. And uh, so my parents get divorced and it's like, kind of saw that, kind of saw that coming. Right. And I ended up, obviously, they with my mom because my dad scared me. <laughs> 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 so my, you know, my mom's like, you know, who do you want to live with? And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you. you, of course. <laughs> I'm like, you don't yell at me. <laughs> uh, I love you, mommy. Uh, I'm not scared of you. So yeah, I want to I live with my mom. And I don't know, like if there's good divorces or bad divorces, like I think it was, it was like, I think transparent to me, right? right? So my parents had joint custody. So I'd go to my dad's, I think, like during the school week, I was with my mom. Um, and then um, like every other weekend or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or like a couple weeks in the summer. So the sister that you talk about, full sister? No, they're no, all, that's a, they're everybody's all half. a half. Everybody's half, yeah. Oh, so you're baby Tommy. Baby Tommy, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm a child, right? right? I think it started off good. Like my mom, um, I don't know, like I started testing my, mm. you know, test mm. your boundaries, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. see what you can get away with. I mean, that just progressively got more and more. Oh, boy. And when I was, let's see, when I was, I think 13 or 14, so like getting ready to start high school. Couple of my friends had their drive, driver's license, and uh, okay, we're like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we got in one of my buddy's cars, and we had gone to uh, 
um, we got to Walmart and bought a couple like pellet pistols, right? Oh no! And we went around and drive around town in Cedar Falls and started shooting stuff, and it was like zero target effect, right? Like wouldn't break glass, you know, like <laughs> right, right. not enough carnage. <laughs> <laughs> We went back to Walmart and we got these slingshots. No, oh, there you go. And they cut and like these pox of uh, boxes. We talking wrist rockets or slingshots? Wrist rockets. That's I right. I mean, like wrist rocket with the uh, the wrapper the strap for maximum exactly. yeah, maximum yeah. leverage, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh. So and they come with the you know like a box of these little like steel ball bearings that mm-hmm. you can shoot, which is a great idea. Yeah, of course. I mean, like this that is makes, a great idea. That makes perfect sense. Walmart should, sells. Yeah. Where could that go? Yeah, we should sell yeah. those. So we get in the car and uh, we just. Find like random, unsuspecting vehicles, and oh, no. you know, you roll the window down, draw back, and let her rip, and just like, and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is great, that was awesome, let's do it again. So we go on a spree over there in Cedar Falls. Nothing bad happens in Cedar Falls, right? So this is a big deal. Like everybody's out looking for us now. People are calling in. Oh, they thought you were from Waterloo. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're like there must be some kids from Waterloo over here messing around because this one happened in Cedar Falls. We're like a block from my house after a night of doing this. I don't even know how many cars. It's hard to see. This is kind of a blur, right? We're like a block from my house, and we get the lights. We get the lights behind us, and I'm like, oh crap, this is not good. We try like hiding everything in the seats, and they, we get pulled over, and the. Uh, Officer comes up like, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? Everybody's like, oh, I'm just heading home. My house is right here. You know, I'm just going to get out and walk them. That's cool. And they're like, you know, you're not going anywhere. Like, okay. So, you know, (laughs) what are you guys doing tonight? Like, oh, just driving around. And they got us eventually, got us all out of the car. And we're just trying to like play it cool, make small talk with the cops and stuff. (laughs) And um, they start finding things in the car. And they're like, oh, we've been looking for you guys all night. And it's like, oh, for what? What's going on? <laughs> Just playing stupid. And um, so getting a cop car, riding to the police station, which was in City Hall in downtown Cedar Falls. And I remember I had a female cop and I was like trying to make small talk with her and stuff on the way. And I'm like, this is going to be okay. You know, like they're going to let us go. Oh, shit. And uh, what were your grades like? Were uh, you in a special uh, class? <laughs> <laughs> They were not good. <laughs> They're gonna let us go. Yeah, because <laughs> clearly they put you in the car for no reason. Yeah. yeah. So we get down there, and Birdie was the police officer that called my mom. He's like, "Hey, this is Officer Birdie, Cedar Falls Police Department. I got your son, you know, Tommy, down here." <sighs> and she hangs up on him. <laughs> and so he calls back, and he's like, "Ma'am, this is Officer Birdie, Cedar Falls Police Department. I have your son Tom down here." And she hangs up on him again. He's like, "Hey, your mom keeps on hanging up to me. Like, will you call her?" So I call my mom, like, "Hey, mom." <laughs> and then you know, this is Officer Birdie from the Cedar Falls Police Department. I need you to come downtown. We have your son Tom down here, and I'm like, "Oh my god, here we go!" <laughs> so, don't call dad. Don't call, don't call dad. dad. Don't yeah. Dad. You gotta um, wonder what's so going through my her mom, mind. It's yeah, like- my mom gets down there. And just like beat red, like I've never seen her so pissed off in my entire life. You know, what the heck were you thinking? <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm still like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I'm getting into my, Nothing's my, happening. my, you know, stick into my, stick into my training here. And I'm like, I'm getting my mouth shut. <laughs> my training. Yeah. No one's going to say anything. And, uh, you know, this will be okay. This will blow over. And another officer comes in. He's like, okay. And it's like, like knowing now 
they really didn't know anything, right? Like and they knew like something had happened. They had some evidence, but they really didn't know what had happened. <laughs> and they came and they're like, here's the deal. All your friends are saying that you're the one that well, this was your idea. You're the ringleader. You better tell me something right now. I'm going to, or they're going to pin this all on you. The 13 year old. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. and my mom's like, you better, you better tell them right now what happened. And I'm like, all right, well, here's the deal. This is what happened. You know, and, I explained the situation and whatever. So they let us go home that night. And it was, I think it was like a class D felony. for Because of how much based damage? Based on the dollar amount oh of damage God. that we did. So went home and got assigned a probation officer. Oh, had to pay restitution. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> So I go down to meet my probation officer for the first time. And, you know, I get pissing the cup and i'm like ma'am i'm like i don't do drugs you know i'm like i'm 13 she's like, well, we just you know just gotta make sure yeah i'm like i'm 13 i don't do drugs this it might come back for pop rocks yeah yeah it's like i drink a lot of mountain dew but i don't do any drugs <laughs> i did used to live in waterloo yeah i used to live in waterloo so i yeah i drink the i drink a lot of mountain a lot of mountain dew so she's like here's the deal like this is your first offense right she's like you don't mess around like you went right for it felony right off the bat no other trouble she's like you're gonna uh, I want you to get a job. You're not going to pay restitution, <laughs> But right? you're 13. <laughs> okay, yeah. We're getting to that. And she's like, you got to figure out how to make money. You're going to pay this back, and then we'll be done with this. And I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. Just, she's like, just stay out of trouble. Nothing else. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm like, towing the line, right? Staying out of trouble. I had to get a job. I went to, uh, I had turned 14, went to Peppers in Cedar Falls, <laughs> washing dishes. That sucks. Yeah. Washing dishes sucks. <laughs> Especially like at a sports bar, like that sucks. That's that's tough work. <laughs> I would come every night, like hot and sweaty, and smelled like just garbage. It was awful. So, and like back in the day, minimum wage. I think minimum wage really hasn't changed much. It was like seven twenty five, right? Oh, probably no. It would have been like five five twenty five. Five twenty five. Well, actually, back then it might have been three seventy five. It was not a lot. Yeah. It so it was like minimum wage, and I had to make. I can't remember. I, had, I several hundred dollars. I had to make. If you were fourteen, it would have been five seventy five. Okay. Because then it went up to seven twenty five from there. Okay. I was making five seventy five when I was in high school. Okay. And you were three years behind me. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That so yeah, it was not a lot. It was a lot of work for you guys are old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of work for a little bit a little bit amount of money. So yeah, I did that <laughs> till I paid off my my restitution and uh never had to go back and she's like, All right, you're good, stay out of trouble. So I was like, All right, you know, from the straight and narrow from here on out. <laughs> and um I did good. I think I did good for a while. Oh God, for a while. Oh, I no. never I never really had any more law run in so much. Week and a half tops. Yeah. As it as much as it was like school administration and stuff like that, so um, I, I took to the bottle at an early age. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and I don't know why. Just because uh, it's delicious. It was, it was delicious, <laughs> and it was like it was you was wrong, right? You're not supposed to do that, right? right. So, well, well, let's be drinking. let's be honest. We're all from Iowa. Yeah, there's not much like else in our to DNA. do either. So yeah, right. not, you're, yeah. you're not alone. <laughs> so yeah, I started drinking at an early age. Um, I never, never like by the grace of God, never got in trouble for it. Right like, with the law, never got caught. Um, always had friends that would, or the friends are like older siblings that would you know, buy bush light and stuff oh, for it. So, um, but just, I mean, just like high school drinking. Yeah. yeah like yeah, high school yeah, drinking, yeah, like yeah, nothing yeah. out of control. Right. Some right, bottles right. of James, um, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Boone, Boone's some, farm. Some two dogs. Yeah. Um, so Zima. Yeah. Started, started drinking it at a young age and like they said, like just high school drinking, but never got in trouble with the law. Thank God. Right. So high school still had no idea what I wanted to do. I just wanted to graduate. All right. And it reminds me, I think, I think it was a say by, uh, say by the bell episode. <laughs> oh God. Did you, uh, did you do speed? No, where <laughs> I didn't take caffeine pills oh, okay. where, uh, I think Zach was like, I like school. It's a good way to kill time between weekends, right? <laughs> and that's that's basically the mentality I had about school. It's like I go to school to hang out with my friends. I didn't really try very hard. But you were in it's sports. So like, you were in sports still. But I did sports. Yeah, so yeah. Good, good enough to play sports, right? Yeah. Which is like, I think you have like a two GPA. You can play sports right. and not be failing any classes. And did you did you go to Cedar Falls or NU? I went to NU. Oh, okay, all right. Um, yeah. So our there's Cedar Falls, the big school, right? The big high school with thousands of kids. It sounds terrifying. And then there's Northern University High School, which is a laboratory school on the University of Northern Iowa campus, which I think I had. It was. It was. It was. Till I, till I got <laughs> burnt down and bulldozed. Yeah, we used to run cross country against those guys. Yeah, so that uh, was a different experience. Uh, I think I had like 55 or maybe 60 kids in my class oh, the wow. most wow. growing up. So that was, yeah, like small school. Something happens in that school, like 10 minutes later, everybody mm-hmm. knows about it. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, continue with sports and stuff. Uh, grades were good enough to continue to play sports. And I was like, not a superstar in anything, but I just enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You're just an athlete. Just an athlete. An right? athlete. Like yeah. she just enjoyed playing everything, but not to the point where I would like apply myself too much outside of like. <laughs> right. Off season like, was something. Yeah. Like. Off season was like. <laughs> off season. Off season was like. <laughs> yeah. So in between sports, it was like chasing girls. That was like my main hobby. Fair. I spent the majority of my time, uh, like any teenage boy, like that's pretty much what I was into was sports and girls so. sports and having boners <laughs> yeah. so yeah when i wasn't playing sports i was chasing girls that's pretty much what i did and then i think probably my junior year in high school i started thinking about what's next right oh, so yeah and i thought about college right so i didn't want to go to you and i want to go to iowa i wanted to get away a little bit away from home but not not too far away and, oh boy yeah. boy were you wrong yeah so <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking Iowa. I wanted to go to school for business and I wanted to move to Chicago after I graduated college and be a businessman. Like that was Gordon thing. Gecko. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to wear a suit. I wanted to freaking, you know, have nice hair. <laughs> so awesome to hear. Be a real you know, be a real mover and shaker in yeah. Chicago, right? Nailed it. Um and I was like, you know, this is it. Like this is what I want to do. And so finished up my uh get ready to finish up my junior year in um of high school. And still like thinking that's what I wanted to do. And then I started, everybody's seen the movie Black Hawk Down, right? Uh-huh. So before the book, or before the movie came out, there was a book by Mark Bowden called Black Hawk Down. Right? Sure. And it talks about October 3rd and 4th, 1993, Mogadishu, Somalia, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, <laughs> the mess that the United States got themselves <laughs> yeah. into um, those two days. And I read that book and I was like, gosh, this, this sounds horrible yeah this sounds like this is crazy like this sounds hard like the things that these guys these guys go through to get into these units it just sounds like they sound like rock stars like super athletes like not the average person can do this right almost as bad as washing dishes at peppers yeah Yeah. almost as bad as washing dishes at peppers right specific set of skills right and i'm like i'm like this this sounds like 
it's just so exciting, right? Like jumping out of airplanes, blowing shit up, riding around in helicopters. Using wrist rockets and nobody can do anything about it. Yeah, using wrist rockets, right? And I'm like, you know, maybe this is something that I want to do. And I just, this is like when the internet was first, Al Gore and his internet, right? It's just getting, it's first getting started, right? So you get these like, you get the discs from America Online and you get like 60 free minutes, right? So I'm just burning through my 60 free minutes on America Online. Dude, no, CompuServe was where it was at, man. America Online? Yeah, AOL, man. And then it's like, your mom picks up the phone. You're like, mom, like, hang up or I'm going to get disconnected. I was, I was, I was in a private chat with a girl. Yeah, I swear it was a girl. I was down, downloading a pixel she art. to me. I was downloading pixel art of naked women. It was nipples. I swear it was nipples. <laughs> so I started like, as much as you could on the internet, like researching, like. Well, that had taken forever. It was taking forever. But I was like, I started reading stuff and I was like, man, like. This sounds absolutely insane. I think I want to do this. Oh, fuck. Right? So I started, um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do yet, right? I know I wanted to be in the military. I didn't know exactly, exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I went and talked to um, active duty recruiters, and I went and talked to like National Guard recruiters and Marine recruiters. And so I went and talked to them, uh, the Army, regular Army recruiter first to see what they had to offer. And I didn't know like if I wanted to go all in right away, right? So I went and talked to a National Guard recruiter and he's like, I understand what you want to do. Like you want to jump out of airplanes, you want to shoot guns, you want to do all this cool stuff. He's like, I got a job for you, right? So there was a Lurch detachment, which is a long range surveillance detachment out of Camp Dodge in Des Moines. And he's like, a lot of these guys are guys who are former uh, special forces guys, former guys who are in Ranger Regiment, and now they drill out of Camp Dodge. So you go do your weekend a month, your two weeks of the year, and then whatever additional like training and schools you want to go to. He's like, you can go to college. We'll give you money to help pay for college. And I'm like, now we're talking. I get to do, <laughs> I get to do both. I could still be a miscreant. <laughs> And be in the military. And still get the good I can, hair. I can mesh these things together. And then I'm like, this is me, right? So um, between my junior and senior high school, I go sign up. I go down to the MEPS station in Des Moines. They look at my butthole. <laughs> what's I do, what's, I, what's I, me, MEPS? MEPS uh, <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, I was just going to ask it seriously. Yeah, and then you yeah. said they look at my butthole. Yeah, and it just uh, fucked me up. God, what does that stand for? It's like the- It's, it's like, like a the, medical yeah, something. Yeah, it's oh. the entry processing station or some military entrance processing station. That's If that's not what it means, that's a pretty good- Close enough. Close enough. Like people right? get yeah. the- yeah. Okay, You gotcha, tell somebody gotcha. you're going to MEPS down to MEPS. And my butthole's open. Yeah, yep, so you okay. go down there and they freaking make you walk like a duck and look at your butthole and- <laughs> They that that's that's it. where they it, that's it. where they put you in the military, he, military entrance. Yeah, he I did. did you he nailed it. He nailed it. a thing or two, about a thing or two, <laughs> right? So you go down there and you that's like your first military experience, right? So you get in there and you see all these other kids that are about your age from all walks of life, and you all get in processed, right? So you pick your job, you get sworn in, you do your physical, fill out paperwork and stuff, and they send you back to wherever you came from. And then, so you're on the delayed entry program. So I'm in the guard and I'm waiting to, I'm not gonna go to basic training until after I graduate high school. Sure. So I can go down with my unit. I can drill one weekend a month until I, until I uh, ship out for basic training the following summer after I graduate. Okay. So get put in, go down there, get my uniforms. I'm like, you know, looking cool. Put get, on my get laids. Yeah, I get my boots. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is, I have a uniform. This is awesome, right? Uh, I, I look so cool in this uniform. 
So I started drilling and stuff. So I get kind of the, uh, the military experience on the weekends, right? So I get to hear these guys' stories and stuff and do my one weekend a month and see what it's all about. And I'm still like, still very interested in this. And I'm like, this is going to be, this is going to be a good fit for me, right? So senior year starts going by, um, finished football season. How'd you guys do? I don't, I don't think I put, uh, here's the thing. The year, the year before we made it, we almost made it to the state playoffs, which is crazy for us. Start the season ranked number seven in the state, right? So we're like, we got this. This is our year. <laughs> I think we won two games. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was, I don't know what the deal was. Like, we just couldn't get it done. And we, smaller school, we, we played both ways, right? So it's exhausting. <laughs> the off season was the off season. The off season was the off season, <laughs> drinking, girls, you know. Yeah. So didn't didn't end the way we thought it was going to. I don't, I don't think I played a winter sport because there was, Girls, mainly. <laughs> uh, I we did was chase girls all winter. And then I think I, I played golf my senior year, which was good for drinking and smoking cigars and playing uh, <laughs> Your senior year. my senior year out at, out at Pheasant Ridge Golf Course, right? And um, so summer comes, and I'm thinking I'm going to go to Iowa in the fall. I'm going to go to basic training and stuff in the summertime and start Iowa in the fall. And summer starts and I'm just like, I'm not sure about all this. I'm like, not sure this is the right move for me. Right. I'm thinking to the point that I am not mature enough to go down to Iowa city and not like <laughs> completely get blackout drunk every weekend and waste a bunch of money. I'm like, I think I need to do this full time. Oh fuck. That's a swerve. Right. I so, would have done just the opposite. I'd yeah. be like, the military yeah. seems scary. Yeah. There's naked bitches and yeah. beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to fucking college. So I go in and I talk to the, there's, there's active duty Marine recruiter and there's an active duty army recruiter here in town. And I go talk to the Marine recruiter first. Right. And I walk in, he's got this poster of this grunt cami face paint, you know, in his fatigues. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I like point to the wall and I'm like, I want to do that shit right there. He's like, Ooh, <laughs> whatever they say. <laughs> he's like, you want to be a grunt? And I'm like, hell yeah. He's like, all right. He's like, well, here's the deal. We can put you in. And the Marines at that time, they could not guarantee you what your MOS, that's your military op uh, occupational specialty. That's your, that's your job, right? Mm -hmm. They could not guarantee you a job. So they're like, we'll put you through basic training uh, or they called it like boot camp. I think I think boot camps for like criminals, but the Marines call it boot camp, right? And so they couldn't guarantee they, they that can't you'd be a grunt. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like I want to like shoot shit and blow shit up. And they're like, we can't guarantee that, right? <laughs> I want to be the guy they yeah. throw into the yeah. fucking meat yeah. grinder. He's like, ah, he's, like sorry. he's like, you might be. We a, can't guarantee that you, might be you a, were going to end up being a truck driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, you could, be, you could be a truck driver. You could be a tank driver. You could be a cook. How's this crayon taste? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> purple. <laughs> taste, it's purple, right? And I'm like, ugh, that sucks. Like, it's my luck, right? Luck of the Irish, I would be like a fucking cook or something. Peeling potatoes. And I'm like peeling potatoes <laughs> and just hating life. So I, I walk out of there and like the shady army recruiter's out there smoking a cigarette and he's like, hey. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like me? He's like, yeah. Hey, come here. <laughs> He's like a smack dealer, right? Like on the corner. And he's like, come here, let me talk to you. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, what they promise you? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what they promise you? What are they going to, what are they going to do for you? And I'm like, uh, they told me I could be a Marine. And he's like, 
but they didn't promise you anything. He's like, they're going to give you money, extra money for college on top of your, or your GI bill. And I was like, no, he's like, uh, are they going to guarantee you like any schools or anything? And I was like, uh, no, he's like, they're going to give you a cash bonus. And I was like, cash bonus. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? He's like, come inside. Let me talk to you. <laughs> I can promise you, you'll yeah. get shot at. Yeah. I can promise you that. That's yeah. what you want. Right, son. Yeah. So I go in and at this point, I don't think we're like, at war with anybody, right? 2000, uh, 2000 right? Almost. Almost. <laughs> Almost. So we're like, I think the, like, the Bosnia stuff and Yugoslavia, we did some bombing, but we're, we're not like at war with anybody at this point, right? Mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's like peacetime army, right? They saved that for you. Yeah. So yeah. this dude's like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I'm like, bro, I want to jump out of airplanes and blow shit up. And he's like, Booyah. airborne ranger. <laughs> And I'm like, that's it. He's like, are you scared of roller coasters? And I'm like, I'm terrified of them. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he's like, okay, here's the deal, dude. He's like, you got to jump out of airplanes to be an airborne ranger. I'm like, yeah, I got that. He's like, it's kind of scary, <laughs> but you'll get used to it. And he's like, here's, no. the, here's the best part. You get paid an extra $150 a month for <gasps> being airborne. And I'm like, wow. yeah, I'm like, bro, drop the papers. Like, let's do this. Jesus. Can I do that? Uh, no. I <laughs> yeah yeah 150 bucks that's 150 it 150 bucks yeah he's like wow. uh and i'm like I, I watched a video and it's like showing dudes going through like ranger training and i'm like oh this this is gonna suck I'm like, <laughs> i want to do this Did, didn't you worked at menards in high school yeah. right yeah you made 150 bucks a month working weekends with incentive yeah. pay <laughs> yeah true <laughs> true he's like do you think you can do this and i'm like oh yeah i'm like i got this no problem right He's like, it's hard. Like most people wash out. And I'm like, oh, I got this dude. Like I worked at Pepper's washing yeah. dishes. Yeah. I'm like, I got this. So I went home and I told my, you know, told my mom, I'm like, Hey, I'm going active duty. And like, she wasn't opposed to it. I think she was almost relieved. Like, thank God. <laughs> and I went to tell my dad and I think same thing. Like he was, yeah, I think he was indifferent. He was kind of relieved about it. I think. Just don't wear those boots in the yeah. house. They're too loud. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think like teachers and like, everybody is like, are you sure? Like, cause you're kind of a smart ass. You don't try very hard at school. Like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like hundred percent. I got this right. So signed up. I went back down to maps. They looked at my butthole again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was still good. It's still good. Um, yeah. I had to do, I had to do some shady stuff though, to get released from the national guard. And I think I'm retired now. We're so, well, this is like, I don't think you can use this in a court of law or whatever, but I had to come up with a lie to get out of the National Guard. So the the Army recruiter, they are like pros at this. Like they're pros at putting you in the Army. Like they, whatever you've done, other than like murdering somebody, right? Like they will figure out a way. That's for later. Yeah. They will figure out a way to get you. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I'm like, here's the deal. I'm like, I'm already supposed to ship out with the National Guard. I'm like, I need you to get me out of that. Kind of want to hang out with my friends this summer. And then in the fall, I'll ship out. And they're like, oh yeah, no problem. We'll take care of this, right? So I had to come up with some story to get me out of the guard, like some sort of like hardship story about why I couldn't stay in the guard. Oh, so simply saying I'm going to the real military yeah, wasn't enough? Not, that's oh, okay. not enough, right? Oh, weird. Like, not <laughs> enough. So I had to come up with some story about my uncle down in Florida coming up on hard times and I had to go down there to like save the family like fishing business or something. Was there an uncle in Florida? <laughs> no. <laughs> there was nothing. I don't even like fishing, right? I'm not even, I, I like, I, don't, yeah, I, I, I get seasick, right? 
I can't believe I, that the I, army yeah. had you defraud yeah. the federal government. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah. and this is way before so, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where you know that's that's what he yeah. did. But yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, here's the deal, guys. I'm like, let me out of the guard, or I'm going to have to move to Florida. I gotta take. I gotta say the family business, and they're like, "Oh darn, you know, sorry, I hate to see you leave." There's fried shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's shrimp gumbo. So it worked out that they once the guard released me that I could get into the active duty. So hung out with my friends all summer. Went down to Iowa City one last time and oh. just freaking burned it down. <laughs> just freaking. I don't yeah. remember. I, I was like, just. I'm like, this is it. And it was kind of like that. Like sealed the deal for me. Like you cannot handle this. Like this is too much. <laughs> Um, this is a good thing that you're doing. So went out with my friends one last time, got crazy, and then got ready to ship out to basic training. So I called the recruiter the, week, the day that I was supposed to leave. He's like, hey, come down to the recruiting station in Waterloo. I've got your bus ticket. We'll put you on. You can tip that down towards you. If okay. it helps. There you go. Um, we'll put you on the bus here in Waterloo and send you down to Des Moines. You go to MAPS. Um, okay. One last time, no butthole, <laughs> no butthole peaks. I'm like, what is this? Very interesting. <laughs> like, if you guys just want to see some pictures of my butthole, is this just, the Navy? Yeah, yeah. You need to look at that dude right there. That dude right there. <laughs> yeah. They do one last uh, paperwork thing and then they ship you, yeah, give you a plane ticket, take you to the airport and send you on your way, right? So go to, go to the recruiting station in Waterloo, get my bus ticket. My parents take me down to the bus station in, in uh, downtown Waterloo. Oh, that's terrifying. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And I get on the Greyhound bus. It smells like piss. Mm -hmm. And we take off. And I'm like, on my way, right? The first stop was my hometown, Cedar Falls, Iowa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way the army is this, like, this messed up, right? Like, there's no way the military this is that it's this inefficient that they would have me come from my hometown to get a bus ticket to get on a bus to your hometown to take to the first stop is back to my hometown right i'm like there's no way where's there's the, no way where does the greyhound bus stop in cedar falls uh the black hawk motel oh in downtown cedar okay, falls okay okay i'm like there's no way this is a fluke right <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so no what they call that is foreshadowing yeah, yeah so i get down to des moines do the last little thing at maps there stay at the hotel Ship off the next morning. They give you a packet, take you to Des Moines Airport. I to fly up. you to Cedar Falls. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fly to Waterloo Airport. Um, no, I flew down to Atlanta, got on a bus in Atlanta with all the other, like, everybody else that's walking around with these yellow envelopes at the Atlanta airport. <laughs> like, oh, are you in the army? Oh, me too. Uh, <laughs> no, go no stand way. over here, right? <laughs> no way. <laughs> so we get you on a, they get you on a bus. They take you from Atlanta down to Fort Benning, Georgia is where I went for basic training. And I don't know why they always make it. So you get there at the middle of the night, right? Like what's the deal with that? Why do they always do that? You always see like the Marine videos. It's like the middle of the night, like get off the, you know, get off the bus, get on the footprints, right? Same thing at Fort Benning. It's like middle of the night. <laughs> one o'clock in the morning we get off the bus everybody's all tired and shit trying to figure out like what's going on so get off the bus you go to this reception battalion and they they looked at your butthole again <laughs> yeah. you know they look at they, another yep, another, another physical um, same dude he just they drove give down you these there. shots dude the freaking shots they're like a shot they, they they hand you the shot they put the shot in this like air uh it's like an air gun that gives oh, you yeah. a shot and it's just like pop pop and everybody's just like it feels like peanut butter getting jammed into oh. your ass and your arms from all the shots you get. So what are they worried about with your butthole? That they know. look at it so much know. that it gets bigger between times? And they're like, like, wait a minute. There's so many weird things that you can get disqualified for. Well, I mean, back then, a yeah. butthole getting bigger. Yeah. 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 I, don't know, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's like, 
I don't know. It's weird. Were they measuring it? No, they don't oh, measure. Okay. They because, didn't like touch it because like back then it wasn't yeah. okay it's like, for your butthole yeah. to get bigger. Yeah, you know, like, like, I gotta tell you, the dilation level of this is not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna ask. You better not tell. <laughs> not but I'm just anything. saying. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so you get to the reception battalion, and this is like where it all all begins. And I was expecting like yelling and screaming, and it really wasn't like that. It was kind of anticlimactic, right? So no. you get off the bus, you go inside, you give him paperwork, and everybody's it's like fighting to stay awake, and they start in processing you, right? So a ton of paperwork, just. It's an insane amount of paperwork. It's like, I didn't know this was going to be like buying a yeah, car. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, are we getting a mortgage or are we getting in the army here? <laughs> if I wanted to do like, FAFSA, yeah, I would have went to Iowa. Yeah. There's, there's so much paperwork and you know, you start getting uniforms, you get the haircut, right? So they shave your head for the first time. And it's not gentle, right? <laughs> it's like, get in there, sit down. Some dude, it's got the vacuum on it. It's got the clippers. They do it with a fucking Floby. It's it's it, it's it sucks up all the hair, right? So there's not hair everywhere, and it's not gentle. It's violent, right? <laughs> and you're like you're trying to like they're delousing you. You're, yeah. you're trying, yeah, basically, right? It's like a prison camp. They're delousing you, and you're trying to be comfortable, and you're trying to like help them out, but it's just it's a violent thing. They shave your head. I think I looked pretty good with shaved head. There's dudes that did not look good. There's dudes that look like what's that? What's that dog? A Sharpay? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They got like the hot dog bun yeah, folds. They got yeah, like yeah. wrinkles and shit. in the back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I look good with a shaved head. Right? It was summertime. I was tan. I, I think I look good with a shaved head. Right? So you get all your uniforms, and there you are. You are waiting at this reception battalion for your basic training class to start. Right? So it's you and like a cross section of America stuck in these barracks waiting for a basic training class to open up. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. It could be a month. Really? Oh. So you're doing like PT every day. You're doing like classes just to learn like general military stuff. Do you, do you know what, what the reason for the backlog was? Especially I since think we weren't actively. So, so many people were just so excited about joining the army in the summertime <laughs> that there was just a little bit of a backup, right? <laughs> okay. So this is like, I don't know, like people from all over the country just – you have a cross section of everything that you can imagine. You've got like inner city kids, country kids. Oh no! It's just you know, and, and it's like a it's like a feeling out you know session, right? Like, oh, where are you from? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like an eighties comedy. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, it would be good. It would actually be really good reality TV. You start to make friends and stuff, and you just gravitate towards like people that are like you, and yeah. Um, you stay away from people that aren't like you, right? Some people are freaking scary. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. Well, you're from Cedar Falls. Yeah. So like, Jeez, yeah. you've never yeah. seen an ethnic ever. Yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know if you know this, but there's black people in here, you know? <laughs> so that, yeah, that was, it was, it was different. It was a culture shock and everybody's cool for like the first couple of weeks. And then like the walls eventually start caving in and uh. tensions start to start to run high and people get attitudes and stuff. And, I think a lot of it's just like just for show, right? Like everybody's just trying to act hard. Oh yeah, they're probably they're probably terrified, right? Right. But they're just trying to act hard, put on a show. And I remember one day I had taken an orange out of the chow hall, which is a big no no, but there wasn't enough food, right? Yeah. And I'm walking back to my barracks, and there's three levels, right? And it's like prison, right? So there's like there's like a walkway, and it's got a railing. Everybody like sits out in the railing, like looks and sees coming and going. <laughs> Jesus. And. There's these three dudes, and I, I think I was in 
whatever the bottom company was, I can't remember if it was a, uh, Alpha Company or Bravo Company or whatever, and there's a dude in the next deck up, and they're just for no reason talking shit. God, it is like prison. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, even, I don't know these guys, whatever. You're talking shit. So I grabbed this orange out of my pocket, right? And oh. as I'm about to walk underneath um, where these guys are standing underneath the railing, I rear back and just freaking send the heat, dude. <laughs> it pops this kid right in the face. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God. I heard it. I heard it hit. And I heard him like, what the f-? And I'm like, oh, this is not good, right? <laughs> so I run into my barracks quick. I freaking lay on my bunk. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, trying to act cool. And I hear kids running down the stairwells. There's like stair, like a fire escape stairwell in the back that you can get from each, um, into each bay. Mm-hmm. And I hear him coming down the stairs and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have like friends here yet that are like, they got my back, right? <laughs> So these dudes come in and they're, they kick the door open and they're like, dude, this dude just hit my face, you know, hit this dude in the face with an orange. Like, where's he at? <laughs> Did anybody just come running in here? And I'm like, I'm terrified, but I'm like, oh, I'm like, I've just been laying here. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see me running here. Um, yeah. Go, you know, go look over there. <laughs> don't and, smell my know, hands. Kind, everybody. Yeah. everybody <laughs> don't, don't smell my hands. Yeah, everybody kind of looks alike, right? So everybody's in. The same uniform. Everybody's got shaved heads. Like everybody kind of looks alike, right? So I, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, guys. Like nobody's running here. It's been it's been quiet in here. Um, and they eventually like look around and walk away. And I'm like, that was close. <laughs> I'm like, I almost got my ass beat like in the first couple of weeks. Oh, so it was just like little stuff like that. Like it was, it felt like it was prison. Like I'm just, I want to get started. So I think I ended up being there almost a month before they got us shipped off to our training battalions uh-huh. and again like that's kind of when it started the whole like what you would expect from basic training like drill sergeant in his hat and like yelling and screaming and the stress and whatnot that's uh, fucking shitty because they lull you into a false sense of yeah, security like, like oh maybe oh, that's fake yeah this ain't so bad oh no that's not gonna this happen ain't so bad fuck and then yeah they come and pick you up and get down your battalion and then it's like, then it's game on, right? They're doing this to all levels. You've got people who are just barely made, meeting height and weight requirements. People who can barely run a mile. Okay, yeah. Um, well, right. Yeah. And then there's got like, there's athletes, right? Like right. there's, we literally like division one athletes in your company, right? So there's, they are doing this stuff to the lowest common denominator for like, so like most people, it was not hard. Like right. basic training, nothing physically was hard for me um it was just really just dealing with the other people right <laughs> that's always the worst like, part and it <laughs> is like you've got like just rocket surgeons like straight up nerds that are so they're too damn smart for their own good yeah. right uh and you've got dumb country bumpkins you know <laughs> and you've got everything in between you've got guys who are great at pt and you've got guys that really struggle i i think like that's why with all of all the crap that you see like on the news and like the way the country is going, like we're so divisive. Like for me, when I think back on basic training, I'm like, we'll be okay. The country will be okay because you cannot get a more diverse group of people <laughs> and put them together and eventually make a, you know, very, try to make a unit. Yeah. A cohesive mm-hmm. team. And like, it will work out. So if we could literally like cut off the far right, like, Five percent, well, right, and the far left ten percent. Everybody else would probably get along fine. I like how you did five and ten. Yeah, there. That was yeah. funny. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, 
I, that, that for me, like that's and that's why I'm like I'm always like we'll be okay. Like if we can do this, like we we will be okay. So basic training, it was like 16 weeks. It was long. It sucked, but it wasn't. It wasn't hard. It wasn't hard for me. It was just. It was just a necessary suck. It was suck. just natural. Yeah. Like it just, it came, everything came really easy to me. I was good at shooting. I was good at running. Yeah. Everything was just, it was super easy for me. Back up a little bit. Right. So when I was, when I told the army guys and they were like, Hey, everyone Ranger, right. They gave me a contract that said that I would get a chance to go to the Ranger indoctrination program, which was called RIP at that time. And that is to try out, to get into the 75th Ranger regiment. Mm-hmm. That is a uh, special operations unit um, within the United States army. Um, the majority of the people in the Ranger Regiment are infantrymen, right? And that's changed. That's changed quite a bit over the last 25 years. So I had a contract that would, I'd go to basic training, I'd go to airborne school, and then I'd go to RIP, right? So 16 weeks of basic training. I got to come home at Christmas time um, in the middle, which was nice. Yeah. Got to see my girlfriend one last time. And that was pretty much, I think, it for me and her. Mm. She was still a senior in high school. And I think she was as boy crazy as I was girl crazy in <laughs> high school. So it just wasn't going to work out. I was pretty bummed about it, but I think the writing was on the wall. Right. Yeah, and right. I'm, and I'm honestly, I'm glad it, I'm glad it didn't, uh, it didn't work out. I'm you sure know? your wife will be happy to hear yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad it didn't work out. Um, so, uh, yeah, basic training finished that. And I, I made some really good friends and there was, I think there's probably like 15 of us in that company that got head ranger contracts that we're going to go try out to go to Ranger Regiment. So next next up for us was Airborne School. So graduate basic training, I uh, had like a week break and we went over to the Airborne School, which is in the on main post there at Fort Benning. Three-week course. Basically, you start off learning how to fall down and at the end, you jump out of an airplane with the combat equipment strapped to you. Still not quite sure what I'm getting myself into. Yet, you know? <laughs> Just putting out, you know, I'm like, I still, this is still what I want to do. Right, so basic training. Our airborne school starts at three three weeks long, and literally the first week you practice falling down. Right, so that when your when your parachute is gently bringing you back down towards the earth, when you hit the ground, gently, uh, gently, back, yeah, gently. <laughs> yes, and, yes. I think I think eighteen feet per second is what uh, is what the parachute at that time was rated for. Right, so that's like. It's like jumping off a freaking ladder. It's not gentle at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like yeah. you fall like yeah. without resistance yeah. at 26 yeah. feet per second. It's <laughs> 29. The feet idea is for you to not be hanging out in the air long. It's for you to jump out of the airplane, get on the ground, slow um, down just enough yeah. not to die, to not, yeah. hopefully not break, <laughs> not anything, to break anything. anything. Right? Yeah. 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 So basically, the first week is how to fall down and not break anything. <laughs> I was not good at that. <laughs> My instructor was like Tom. He's like, you are going to hurt yourself. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'm young. I'm, I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> Green stick fracture. That's all it'll yeah. be. The, yeah. See, you should have gone to college because I spent lots of time falling yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. I would have been good at it. <laughs> yeah. The second week, uh, more falling down, but they, you actually practice exiting out of an aircraft. So they have these different like mock-ups and stuff that you practice going through the jump commands and then getting out of uh, the aircraft. Still not quite sure what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> But I'm still cool with it, right? <laughs> We're going to continue. We're going to continue, continue on. We're not going to quit, right? And then the third week is the jump week, right? This is the week everybody is waiting for, right? So you got a weekend before jump week, and everybody's just like sitting all weekend, getting anxious, ready to go, right? So Monday comes on, comes around. You wake up in the morning, go eat breakfast, and then you run down from airborne school down to the airfield, down at Lawson Army Airfield there at Fort Benning. How far is that? I don't know, like maybe a mile. I can't remember. 
It's not bad. It was dark. Yeah. And you just followed, like carrying followed, all your gear. Or no, not? you're just like, I think you carry like a water bottle, your canteen and just your uniform that you're wearing. Maybe, oh. your, maybe your helmet. That's not bad for not a mile. Bad. No. Nah. So just follow the person in front of you. And there's always somebody slower. So, mm. you, you know, you're, you're only as fast as the slowest person, right? right? Right. So get down to the rigging shack, they hand out your parachute and put your parachute on and the jump master comes and he does his JMPI, his little final check of you. You're good to go. So you sit on these benches waiting, right? And then it's like, okay, shit's getting real. <laughs> That's way up there. Yeah, I'm like, then we're going to oh, be back down man, here. Man, oh, this God. Is, this is getting serious, right? So this is getting intense. <laughs> So, so, so where's my buddy? Where's yeah, the guy they strapped yeah, me to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hear the you you hear the um, you hear the airplane. The C one thirties land right, and then doors open up. They take you outside. They get you on the airplane. It's hot. It stinks. That should get you to want yeah, to jump off. Yeah, yeah, they're not. It's not com- like a military airplane. They're not comfortable. They're not designed for with passenger comfort in mind. Right? They're made by the lowest bidder. <laughs> you know, with parts from the lowest bidder. They're designed to get from point A to point B and hopefully not crash, right? Right, yeah. So you get on the airplane, you take off, and Fort Benning in the summertime is miserable. Oh, yeah. It's hot, it's humid. So you get up there, you're yanking and banking, they get you in the in the pattern for your jump, and you start going through the jump commands, and it's like, oh, shit. Like, this is getting, <laughs> this is getting serious, right? So you go through the jump commands, get your static line all hooked up, they open up the jump door, wind starts coming through the airplane and they, I think they even tell you like a jump refusal, like you'll be punished with like UCMJ action, which is like the Unifrey Comb Military Justice, right. right? It's like military law. Like if you do, if you're a jump refusal, you will be punished under UCMJ. So it's like, oh, shit, I got to do this. <laughs> right. I mean, well, so they're I gotta talking do it like now, right? time and time of the brig, not, not, yeah, out, something like not that. kicking yeah. you out, yeah, but like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to, yeah. And then you're, 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 you're obviously, you know, you're not going to finish the course. You're going to go needs of the army, which is even scarier than UCMJ, right? <laughs> right. They're going to where they need you. Oh, God. <laughs> so, God, it's potatoes again. Yeah, it's the damn potatoes. <laughs> yeah, so doors come open and you're hooked up, right? You look at your buddies and you're all like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> Jump master goes through his command. Screen light comes on. Everybody starts working their way towards the door, right? Hand off your static line. Turn and face the door. And then it's like, I can't even describe. It's like looking out into a painting. Like, it doesn't even look real. Mm-hmm. Um, it I is, feel like it would feel real to me. It, it was like, <laughs> it's just, cause it's something I, I've never seen. Like, I think I've flown on an airplane one time before that, right? So something I've never even seen before. Oh, shit. So like, it just didn't look real, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you jump out and you're supposed to like tuck into this tight body position and count to four and your and then your parachute should open, right? So I jumped out and I was met with this intense blast from the propeller wash from the airplane oh. and going from probably 110 miles an hour to you know the parachute opening right so you get this it's loud right it's hot it stinks and you jump out and then you get this four seconds goes by and then you just get this feeling of your nuts getting jacked back up into your stomach while uh, your parachute opens right and then it's completely quiet oh no airplane's gone it's completely quiet there's no noise and you're just slowly drifting back down like there's the not earth. like wind like going mm-hmm. by your ears nope, and stuff? Nope. So you jump out uh, and it's just like, it's a static line jump, right? So the parachute, four seconds after you jump out, it opens up on okay. its end, right? And so it's loud, it's quiet, and then you're just floating down towards the earth and you're like- No, because the movie said it's, it's awesome. very windy. I've seen the movies yeah. and they, they've yeah. a lot of wind. <laughs> it's just like that, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, that was terrifying, but now it's awesome. Like, this is so cool. And you just slowly- 
start working your way down towards the ground. And I think I think we were jumping out like fifteen hundred feet. So it maybe takes like a minute to get down to the ground. Are you are you aiming yourself, or is it just they know where to drop you? These and, parachutes, and <laughs> these parachutes, you can turn. But they're not like a, it's not, it's not like a Ram Air steerable canopy, right? So like in the movies when guys are like, right, right. that's not it. <laughs> so basically right? they're, they're saying, okay, here's wind speed. We drop them here. Hopefully yeah, they, they do here. a calculation, right? Yeah, so yeah, okay, I would learn yeah. later in my career, this is all calculated and how they do it. They drop you out of at a certain point. So based on the wind and the forward throw of the airplane to get you to get the majority of you to land. On this spot right here, right? Except for Steve. Yeah. Steve's <laughs> fucked. Because if they had, if you could imagine, if they had steerable canopies and this many people in the air, right? <laughs> oh, you God. Running each other. To the four winds, yeah. right? Yeah, right? So. At what at what point do you realize it's not serene and you're moving a lot faster than you think you are? The point where the ground starts, the closer you get, the ground looks faster and faster. <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> and you're like, oh shit, we, we got to land. We got to do one of these uh, parachute landing falls. We've been practicing for two weeks, right? <laughs> and then, so you're, de- depending on which way the wind's blowing is you pull risers down into your chest. So there's like four risers coming up out of the harness, right? And you pull two of those down into your chest to slow your forward speed across the ground. And you get ready to land and you do this little parachute landing fall. We're supposed to land on the balls of your feet, calf, thigh, buttocks, and then like your pull-up muscle back here. That's what they're supposed to do, right? Uh Five points of contact. They preach it. They've been beating this into you, right? Dude, it was like feet head. (laughs) 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 Feet head thud like, oh shit, right? I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, like in, in a matter of like 90 seconds, I went from like absolutely terrified to, oh, this is actually pretty cool to like, you know, getting rolled on the freaking ground <laughs> Ouch! with this parachute. And I'm like, that was crazy. I got to call my friends. <laughs> um, Who are so, all blackout yeah, drunk in Iowa yeah. City. So you pack all your shit up. And you run to this uh, parachute turn-in point, and you get on a bus, and you go back to the airfield, and you do it again. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you got to do five jumps during this week. You do four daytime and, and one nighttime. So I think we did two a day, two a day, and then the final day, we did our jump into our graduation. And it was a night jump. And when I use the term night, I use it loosely. It was night somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I was going to ask you, how, just, how was a just night not jump, in Georgia. your first night jump comparatively? Because <laughs> yeah. you're not seeing the ground, right? You're not no, seeing yeah, the ground. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, night jump. We're not jumping with like night vision goggles. It's like, yeah, that's that's the worst part, right? Because when you do a night jump, for the most part, like it's you're, you're, you're jumping into these like giant airfields or these giant drop zones in the middle of nowhere. There's no ambient light unless the moon's out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and part of the idea is not only can you not see, but they can't oh, see. You, yes, right. right. Yeah. So you're like, gosh, the ground should be coming. Oh shit! Ouch. There it is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, there it is. Damn. Ouch. That hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I found it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I've been floating here for a really long time. Oh no. Boom. There it is. <laughs> that's what a night jump is like. That's what. A, that's what a legit like. Zero loom night jump is like, and that's what we would train for, right? So go to airborne school. We did our jump. We did our graduation after our final jump, right? So families out there watching us come to our shoots and get our, get our wings pinned on us. And that was pretty cool. My mom and, and some of my cousins came down to watch that. And then it's time for the ranger doctrination program. No dad? My dad, dad did not come. come. My dad did not come to this one. Too loud. 
too loud, <laughs> too much noise. So it's time for the ranger indoctrination program. And it's like, this is where shit starts getting real. Right. We start separating rock stars from groupies, okay? This is where it's like, I think we had a week holdover waiting for the RIP program to start. So I'm just doing like PT, hanging out, doing like ons and ends around airborne school. And then these dudes show up and they're black berets and they're starched uniforms and they're spit shine boots. And like these dudes looked serious, right? Like we're not messing around anymore. These dudes looked freaking serious. And they're like, hey, grab your stuff, put it on these trucks. And we're like, oh, you know, Roger Sergeant, <laughs> take your bags, throw them on the trucks. These two guys get in the truck and they're like, follow us. And they take off in the truck. <laughs> oh, fuck. And you're just like, dude, just running behind the truck. <laughs> running behind the truck, trying to catch up, right? Oh, shit. So the training battalion where they where they, where they do rip, it, it was, I don't know, it was generally flat, maybe a little bit uphill at the end, maybe like another mile down the road, right? You're just chasing the truck. Um, you get there, you get your you get your bags off the uh, off the truck, and then it's just game on, oh, like smoke mm. city. <laughs> and that was the, that was at the first point where I was like, "What have we gotten ourselves into?" <laughs> you say that, but yeah. you've said that several yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. This is the this is the, did, did anybody get weeded yeah. out off the jumps on the jumps? Yeah, there's always people getting hurt, right? Like, and for the most part, if you get if you get hurt, nothing like terrible you get like recycled into another class okay or but like. for the most part the guys that went in with the intention of being rangers made it to that point yeah okay yep 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 so we got and i think there was yeah i can't remember how many guys chased the truck that day anybody catch it uh, not really no like at the end and you get there and you're <laughs> just it's like a truck. Uh, yeah you get out get your bags smoke city and then the same like everything it's always like in processing like who are you what's your name mm. a little bit of paperwork but mainly just getting your freaking ass handed to you so you get processed in there and again like nothing ever happens perfectly sequentially with with courses right there's always like a holdover mm. and whatnot so i think it's gonna be like another month before my actual rip class starts right so and there's like at this point there's like 350 kids waiting to start this program wow wow that's that's more than i would have expected mm. it's a lot right yeah. so here's the thing we can't have that many start the class so we gotta uh, figure out a way to get rid of some people mm -hmm. oh boy yeah, yeah. so um, during the week, right, the first like two or three weeks, you do details, army details. There's always something to do in the army, right? Like you can go, you can go rake lines in the sand. That's some army shit right there. Like looking for something to do, go rake lines in the sand, right? <laughs> go do some Japanese fucking yeah. meditation go, uh, exercise. Yeah, go, go find something to do. Go pick up cigarette butts. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all, you know, fun and stuff for us to do, right? For like three weeks. Doing PT like twice a day. And it's good PT, like running hard every day. It sucks, but I've eaten good feeling good, like ready to start this program. And they're like, hey, to get you guys ready for RIP, we're going to go out to this place called Coal Range and we're going to practice land navigation for a week. And I'm like, Coal Range. I'm like, I've heard of this place. This is not good, guys. <laughs> this is not good. So we get out there under the guise of land navigation training. And there was some land navigation. But when we were not doing land navigation, we were getting our asses handed to it. <laughs> the term hit the wood line became something that still haunts me to this day, right? <laughs> so we'd be standing in formation and somebody would mess something up, like some infraction, right? And they would say, Rangers, hit the wood line. And the wood line was clear on the other side of this open field, maybe 300, 400 yards away. You'd run over there as fast as you could. And then they'd be like, pick somebody up. Oh. And so you'd throw somebody over your shoulder and you'd run back. 
and then you'd be good for a couple of minutes and then say, hit the wood line. Mm. And then you'd go hit the one line and you'd carry somebody back. Just games. So you just play these games. But they called you Ranger when you did this. And for me, that was like- Affirmative. That, that's what got me going, right? Yeah. They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, hey, Ranger. Hey, Ranger. And I'm like, okay. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit of, uh, like giving me a little bit of something. So we were out there for a week doing, we did land navigation, learned a lot. I had never, I didn't know that there were such things as wild hogs. Oh, like Havelina and yeah. 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 So Razorbacks. They are, they are, <laughs> they are wild pigs. And I had my first encounter with a wild, uh, wild pig down there in Georgia. Just smell it before you saw during, it. During land navigation, there's palmetto bushes and stuff. And I, I'm walking to my point, I'm stopped, looking at my map, doing a little map check, and I see the palmettos kind of moving a little bit. And then I just hear this, like, I can't even do a good pig squeal. And I'm like, what the hell was that? (laughs) And then this big black pig comes out of these palmetto bushes, and I just take off running. (laughs) Terrified. I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) What is this? What is this thing? It's... squealing <laughs> oh scared the hell out of me and i like they didn't tell us anything about this and uh so i have no idea where i'm at right oh, after shit. running i find my way back whatever so we do this for like a week doing land nav getting smoked come back we have we have the weekend off and then we're gonna we're gonna no shit start rip the following monday hang out with the boy we used to go to the the, the days in on victory drive in uh-huh. columbus and I, let me tell you what columbus georgia Back in the early 2000s, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's a rough time. Uh, I had my first, I wouldn't say my first experience with a prostitute, but my first introduction to a prostitute, yeah. right? No. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the distinction is very yeah. important. Yeah. 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 So, uh, sitting in the parking lot, we're going to walk up to our hotel room and this, this car, this hoop, yeah, there's a freaking hoopty pulls up, right? <laughs> Big ass black dude in the front seat, couple black girls in the back. And uh, this dude's like, hey man you tapping and i'm like like uh, like with shoes i'm like i don't i don't <laughs> like uh, like I don't like gregory hines I don't no know, no, no, no. Like, saying, a bugle, like a bugle he's yeah. like he's like hey you tapping or what and i'm like dude i don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> and then the girl in the back rolls down the window are we are we like are we already here Can oh yeah say, absolutely okay, yeah, yeah. all right so this girl's like he's trying to ask he's like you want to fuck or not <laughs> And I'm like, like him? No, absolutely not. I'm like, I'm like, uh, uh, no, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, ma'am, they measure my butthole. Yeah. I'm like, I am definitely not. I am good. Thank you. And that was that. That was my first experience. Like that's, this is, that, that's like sets the scene for Columbus, Georgia at this time. Right. Um, it's rough, but it was a way for us to get away from Fort Benning and, and mm-hmm. you know, go drink some beers and blow off steams and stuff. So <laughs> We got the weekend off and then Monday we started, we started rip. So even though we've been already been staying in the barracks there, pack all your stuff up, bring it all downstairs. And, and basically you start all back over. We're outside in this, this walled in area right off the bat. Like they just go live, just digging into your ass. Ugh, um, and it's bad. And that's pretty much all I remember about the first day it was just, it was push-ups, flutter kicks, running. I'm just breaking you off all day, trying to get people to quit. So, mm-hmm. so what I failed to mention was with that, that initial coal range, right. right? Okay. That about cut us in half. Oh, wow. We lost, I think probably about 125 people. Dude's just like, this ain't for me. Mm-hmm. So they just tapped out? Yeah, just tapped out. So you, mm-hmm. you voluntarily withdraw 
and you get sent needs of the army, right? So you've been through airborne school. Some of these guys are going to go to like the 82nd, 10th Mountain, other airborne units mm-hmm. in the army. So that we're down to like 125 people. 101st? 101st. Not, not airborne. So even though they have a patch that says airborne, and we've all seen Band of Brothers, the 101st at Fort Campbell at the time... Only there was a Pathfinder unit that was still airborne. But for the majority of the people on Fort Campbell, they are not an airborne unit. I'm going to have to cut all that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a fun fact for you. There's, some, there's a government um, man at my door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his name's Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg. He's pissed. He is pissed. So, yeah, we're down to like, I think we started with like 100 people. Maybe like 110 people starting the actual uh, RIP class. And so the inoculation program is designed, one, to weed people out, and two, it basically gives you basic knowledge of what you can expect when you get to the Ranger Regiment, right? So they're going to teach you some medical stuff. They're going to teach you, like, history of the unit. They do, like, land nav stuff, teach you about some of the equipment you're going to do. You do, like, an airborne operation with them. You learn to fast rope, rappel, and really just run a lot. You run a lot. (laughs) Which is strange because yeah. normally you run away from things, but yeah. that is not what yeah. they're encouraging. You here. just <laughs> freaking run. You do combatives. We so learned that's like my first like introduction to like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, mm. doing like combatives. It's four weeks of actually I ended up being about three and a half weeks, but it's just a once over the world of the regiment and what you, and what you can expect, right? And I did really good at like one of the fastest runners. Uh, I think I was like six foot one and weighed like 150 pounds at the time. Oh, so Jesus. I think I, I my five mile run time was like 30 minutes. Jesus. So I could freaking run my ass off. Mm-hmm. I had the fastest 12 mile ruck march. Everything, you know, the test, the written test, I I blown out of the water, the medical stuff, everything came easy to me. And I was like, this is going to be a good fit, right? So you have these class tacks. They're basically advisors that come from the different battalion, ranger battalions mm-hmm. to make sure that the training is like on par and that everybody's being trained appropriately. And the class tack from 1st Ranger Battalion in Savannah, he's like, hey, dude, he's like, I think I'm going to take you back to Savannah with me. You're going to be in my squad. I'm like, cool. I'm wow. like, this guy likes me. I'm doing good. So towards the end, you got to figure out what battalion everybody's going to go to. They take the us into a room. and Look at your buttholes. Yeah. There's no butthole looking. <laughs> guy guy, guy um, drove down from Des Moines yeah. just to make sure. And yep. I, think, <laughs> I think at this point, we're down to like 40 people, 45 people, right? Wow. So from like 350. 350, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So they're like, here's the deal. If you want to go, you like to like go skiing in the winter time. You like cold and rainy. I forget what else they said. They were basically describing like the Seattle, Tacoma, Fort, <laughs> Fort Lewis, Washington area. And everybody knew that. They're like, go stand over here, right? You want to go to the beach. You like the sunshine. <laughs> you know, you like hanging out on the coast. Go stand over here. And I, all my friends that I had kind of hung out with during this whole process, we're all from California. And they're like, bro, we're going out West. And they're like, come on. And I'm like, bro, it's the beach, man. They said beach, sunshine. I'm like, girls. I'm like, so I went to sit over there and they're like, all right, you guys over here, you're going to Fort Lewis, Washington. You guys over here, you're going to Savannah, Georgia. And I was like, cool. So that's how, that's basically how you, how they picked your battalions. And then there was like two or three guys. They're like, you, you know, you guys are staying here at Fort Benning. Everybody's like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> no one wants to stay here because this place sucks. <laughs> yeah. Columbus sucks. 
It's, it's come a long way in the last 25 years, but at the time, yeah. Cookers trying yeah, to rape yeah. you in their car. Yeah. And it's like, and that's honestly like any military town, like any mm-hmm. army, army town, mm-hmm. liquor stores, everybody's always throwing up like little strip malls, right? And they've got a liquor store in them. They've got a place that you can get a cheap divorce, <laughs> tattoos. Check cashing. Check cashing. Yep. Like, yeah, check cashing, payday loans. And then like a, um, a surplus store, right? Yep. Where you can like buy and shell, right? <laughs> so you like- you sell some of your military gear. You use it to like buy alcohol and then you can go and buy your shit back after you get paid. You know? <laughs> um, so that's like those outside, outside every uh, gate and every military town, yeah. it's stuff like that. So Columbus, no different. Like if, if Fort Benning left, Columbus would freaking just dissolve. <laughs> Getting shipped off to Savannah, Georgia. I had my own car and either at Fort Benning, I drove myself down to Savannah. I think there was maybe like, 20 of us, 15 of us going to Savannah. Right. Going down to Fort Stewart first to get him processed at Fort Stewart. So an army airfield in Savannah is tacti. It's part of Fort Stewart, Georgia, um, down there by Savannah. And get down in there, get in, pro- in processed at Fort Stewart, get over to Hunt Army Airfield. We link back up and we're getting assigned to our platoons. So we're walking towards the barracks. Um, they're going to show us to our rooms and stuff. They told us what, like, what platoons we're going to. They're walking towards our barracks. So where are we on the calendar? Like, So this is this whole process is about almost a year later. Like 10 months has gone by. So real close to September 11th, yes. 2001. Okay. Yes, All we're right. getting close. So this, okay. I think it's like June, right? Okay. So we're walking towards the barracks and then like everybody's doors start opening up and like it's three, three levels of these bar- uh, barracks with, you know, windows on the exterior and like people are coming to windows are all open. People are coming to the windows and people are trying to like, you hear like somebody yell something out the window and then like somebody else yells something and you're like, Oh, it's just like prison. I'm like, God, what is with this place? I'm like, this is not good. So we get inside and then that's basically like it was game on from the minute you walk into the barracks. Right. So you've got the other ranger privates that are like the PV, you know, PV2s, private first classes, and specialists who haven't been to ranger school, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get into that in a second, right? But, so, but at this point, you've been through ranger school. You've been through the ranger indoctrination program, right? Oh, so they're, so, not they're, ranger. so they're, okay. let's just dive into this right now. Okay. So this will clear up a lot of confusion, right? right? So there is the 75th Ranger Regiment, okay? That is the go to war unit, right? If you complete the ranger indoctrination program and are assigned to the 75th Ranger Regiment, you are an airborne ranger, right? It says it in your MOS. Mm -hmm. There's also ranger school, okay? And that is a leadership school that also takes, part of it takes place at Fort Benning. Anybody in the army can go to it. Men and women now can go to it. It is a, it is a like 72 day long leadership school. It's a, it sucks. It's not hard, but that that also sucks. (laughs) Lots of things in the army suck. Um, (laughs) Ranger school is not hard, but, but it sucks. (laughs) Uh, so it's 72 day, three phase training. It, it, it is the army's premier leadership course. So they are training you how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. You get evaluated in different leadership positions, patrolling, raid, ambush. Those are the means that they use to grade you in your leadership ability. Right. So like doing ambushes or falling for them. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully doing them. Okay, all right, all right, Hopefully right. not falling into them. Right? Okay, okay, okay. So once you go to ranger school, you you wear the tab. You are ranger qualified. You wear a ranger tab on your uniforms. So, a lot of people that go to ranger school will also call themselves rangers, even though they didn't finish it. So they finish ranger school. Okay, they graduate ranger school. They're ranger qualified, 
and they will call themselves Rangers. It causes a lot of controversy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because the guys that are in the go to war unit, yeah. right, they are airborne Rangers. Right. The, so they, they call themselves Rangers, but they never went and did the, Ranger shit. Right. You okay, went to yeah. a leadership course, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you are Ranger qualified. Right. So, like, my boyfriend's a Ranger. Like, <laughs> oh, what unit is he in? He's like, 12. He's, yeah, he's in, the, he's in the 82nd Airborne at Fort Bragg. And I'm like, that's um, not that's a seven not five yeah, together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't mean to want to break it to you, but he's not a ranger. Yeah. When I get done talking yeah. to you, you're going to want to fuck me instead. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference, right? And that's the, the name gets used. Um, mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. no discredit to anybody who's gone to ranger school. It sucks. It's hard. I'm sorry. It's not hard. It sucks. <laughs> it's hard for most people. It's, it is hard for a lot of people, right? <laughs> it sucks. And I, no disrespect, but it's, it's not the same, right? So, right. Right. And you, when someone hears you say like, oh, he's an army ranger. Like, mm, is he though? <laughs> is he? Cause he is a cook that mm -hmm. you know went to rent, went to a leadership course right so there's there's a difference and it gets a lot of people sp uh spooled up like me for example well i'm just saying you know, i i haven't gotten to the end of this conversation yeah, yet yeah. but I, I hazard to guess that tom might have been assigned to the 75th yeah, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> right so there's that's the difference right so you when you get to the, the um, ranger regiment mm -hmm. you are an airborne ranger but you also have people who have been to a ranger school. So they have their ranger school and their ranger tab. They got two pieces of flair, right? Okay. And that <laughs> oh, second God. piece of flair, right? The tab is very important. That is, that is your number one priority as a ranger private is going to ranger school and getting your tab because that eliminates the amount of smoke that is brought onto you every day, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So like morning formation, for example, you're standing outside waiting for formation to do PT. And someone who's been to ranger school will say, if you ain't got it, get down. And you do 25 push-ups, And you do one for the armor range in the sky and you get up. And then like 30 seconds will go by and someone will say, you ain't got it, get down. And you do more push-ups, right? Mm. And it's just like every, every like detail that needs to get done, you know, everything that shitty that needs to get done, you are the guy. You don't have your tab, you're the guy that's going to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So it is your number one priority to go to ranger school. So stay in peak physical condition, when it's your turn to go, go, graduate, get back, and life begins to get, it opens up so many doors for you, and things get better. So, get into the barracks, don't have my tab. Mm -hmm. We call them like the Spec 4 Mafia, right? These guys come <laughs> out, and they just freaking rapid fire, just start lighting you up, right? You're low crawling, high crawling, bear crawling, push-ups, flutter kicks, up and down the hallway. It's bad. <laughs> I go in to meet my first team leader. He's sitting in his barracks room. I get introduced to him. Like Corporal Arnall was his name. This is, you know, Private Flaherty. He's sitting in his chair, got a big dip in, looks back at me, head shaved. He has chaos tattooed across his chest. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he's sitting there. He's sitting there in these. This is Apocalypse Now shit, right? Yeah. He's sitting there in his, in his Ranger panties. And if any, Ranger panties are... They're, they've been called catnip for skanks, right? <laughs> like chicks love ranger panties. They are these like silky running shorts. I don't know how your balls don't fall out. They're so <laughs> tiny. And they're, they were part of the PT uniform. So this dude's sitting in there in his ranger panties, big dip in, shaved head, yoked out. Yeah. Balls hanging out. Yeah. Chaos across <laughs> his chest. And he's like, we're going to go for a run. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Like, sir, I need to, I need yeah. you to know. 
Yeah. I did dishes and fucking yeah. peppers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we get our PT gear on and this dude, he's like, you know, keep up with me, right? We take off running. The only thing that saved me is that my roommate was not a specimen when it came to running, right? Big dude. Would never would never want to fight my roommate, right? right. Freaking run through a freaking brick wall. If he got a hold of you, he would beat the hell out of you. But he had to get a hold of you. Right. And yeah. if I would just run around, he could never get a hold of me, right? <laughs> so the good thing was I could keep up and he couldn't and he got all the smoke. Like focus off me, focus on him. So that's when I learned you've got strong rangers and you've got smart rangers right, right. <laughs> strong yeah, rangers yeah. are the rock eaters right and they they take the smoke and they're always doing push-ups taking the heat off you so my roommate great dude love him to death but he he was a magnet for it oh, and that was good for me because it took the smoke off me so and i could run like that was that was the big deal right if you could run like nothing else mattered so yeah, moved into the barracks. It sucked because it didn't seem like there was ever, you were never away from it, right? Like normal job, you go to work, you take your uniform off, and then you go home and you're away from it. But when you live in the barracks, you're like a young private, like it never goes away. Like you were always, always in the military, every minute of every day, right? Mm, so they can no, fuck with you yeah, whenever they want. Dude, yeah. they come back, they come back drunk from the bars and you're like oh. laying in bed and you hear, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you live on the first floor and I'll be like, you know, <laughs> go over to the window and you hear him fucking <laughs> you're like sliding your window up you're climbing out your window and you run around to your car and sleep in your car because they they didn't want to they come back drunk from the bars and want to fuck with you and stuff and, uh, it was crazy so mm. you know what i just learned recently is uh in if you're at a glory hole then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knocking is what you do right that's, before that's you that's how you do yeah <laughs> Right before you. Mm. Yeah. How, how, how did you find that out, Zach? Yeah. I, I have the internet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, yeah, that's like June, I think. July, August. I go do a couple of uh, training events. One of them was a jump down into Florida, a night jump. Actual um, night? Actual night jump. Oh, like oh. midnight. Dude, there's alligators. Pitch black, right? Down into Florida. And... It's crazy the amount of stuff that we can push out of the doors and like door bundles. I'm just, you know, just getting familiar with all the equipment that we used. But we got, um, we were doing an airfield seizure. So that's the Ranger Amendment's like big thing is airfield seizures. So Mm -hmm. with like Grenada, Panama, jumping into airfields, taking them over and then bringing in follow-on forces. That's our bread and butter, airfield seizures. And so we're doing one down in Florida and we have these mini bikes that they put on a bundle they push them out the door, and then guys will jump out after them. They'll get on the bikes, and they can go up and down the runway, making sure they, uh, that the runway is clear. Huh. So Jumpmaster's standing there with a door bundle, getting ready to push the door bundle out, and something on his equipment got caught oh, shit. on the door bundle. So you don't jump equipment and people at the same time. So dude was there. I looked away. I looked back. Dude, dude was, was gone. gone. <laughs> Oh, and I'm shit. like, whoa. I'm like, this is, that's not good. This is some serious shit. Like this is, that's when it first hit me, like this is some dangerous stuff that we're doing and doing it being okay. Fuck. Um, and oh, that was oh the, all right. Yeah. That was, that was my first like legit night jump. And that's when it was, it was like, oh man, there's black. And like, this is black. This is dark. Like zero loom. You know, you're like, gosh, been floating here for a minute. Like any second. Wham. Wham. And you're jumping on like, 
an airfield, right? So there's tarmac. There's yeah. grass and there's tarmac. Yeah. You don't know. And that shit's hard, right? So you don't know what you're going to get. Hopefully you get the grass. So we do that training mission. Question. Just a quick, quick question. Do you guys have knee pads? Knee pads and elbow pads are issued. Yeah. Knee pads, elbow pads, and ankle braces are issued. In my Early in my career, I wore them just because I didn't... You know, they wouldn't give them to me if I didn't need them. So it's the <laughs> army, right? No, I hear you, yeah. They give me everything I mean, I that's need. why I yeah. asked. I'm like, I think yeah. I'd want knee pads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, did that training mission. That's my first training event. Came back. I think I did another training event up in Fort Bragg. Um, and then we're getting ready to go over to Europe and we're going to do a training exercise with some other special operations units. So we take off from Savannah. We fly over to England where this event's going to start. And we're sitting in a hangar, watching TV, playing cards. I think the next day is when the, everything's supposed to start happening with the event. And our first sergeant comes in. And he said, hey, uh, an airplane just flew into the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. And I think we were doing like some sort of event where like someone had stolen like a dirty bomb or something. They were going to blow it up and we were going we to go secure an area or whatever. Like that was part of the mission, right? I'm like, oh. I'm like, well, that's not fucking believable. Like someone just flew an airplane into the World Trade Center. I'm like... It's the scenario, and I'm like, that's not even not even believable. I mean, it had happened before, yeah, once yeah, before. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, this is. I'm like, this isn't. I'm like, wow, you know, like, where are they going with this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they're going down. They've been fucking you with you for how many yeah. months? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And then they come back and they're like, hey, a second plane just crashed into the other World Trade Center. Oh man, like they're freaking. They're like, we're trying to get a TV in here, and I'm like, holy shit, like this is not good. So get the TV in there and we're all standing around and we, you know, see watching the videos, September 11th. And that's when like shit starts getting real. They're like, okay. And you, like, it's crazy how we could never see this coming, but as, as soon as it happens, we always know who it was. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we knew it's like Al Qaeda terrorist, they're in the mountains in Afghanistan. It's yeah. like, well, if you knew that. Well, I mean, they also missed the part about the Saudis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so right away, everybody's like, we're going to war. Oh, like fuck. we're going to war. Yep. So we had like training barrels on our weapons, like submunition training barrels. Took those off, put our regular barrels back on. Mm. Oh shit. And we're like, you know, we're already a thing, like we're just gonna go from right here. We're already here, we got all our stuff, we're gonna launch from here. Um, and then it was about a week of just standing by to figure logistics. out what exactly is gonna happen. Yeah, logistics yeah. of all that. Because this yeah. is a big that's a big muscle movement, right? So yeah. so we end up going back to the States. Whoever's gonna go is gonna launch out of there back from the states they're going to go back refit get whatever we need and then move forward so we go back to savannah get issued like desert uniforms like stuff we don't even have stuff for the mountains or whatever and they're like hey we're only going to send one company at this time at the at this time and everybody's like at the time bico 175 like we were the shit like and everybody knew it best squad leaders best platoon sergeants we had the most experienced first sergeant we're like it's going to be us. Each company had their own specialty that they did. Uh-huh. And Alpha Company, 175, their their mobility was like vehicles was their thing. Right? So they were they had the, the RSOVs, the Ranger Special Operations Vehicle. If you put Ranger on the front of anything, it sounds way cooler. So they had the RSOVs, <laughs> right? So it's they're basically these old uh, like Land Rover Jeeps. And they, they're the guys, they train the vehicles and all that stuff. And so we have this big... Uh, battalion formation and they're getting ready to say like hey who's going and when they're going and stuff and they're like hey you know alpha company they're gonna be the ones that deploy to afghanistan right now and everybody's like, unbelievable you know cannot believe this is happening these dudes 
we're going to stay behind here and these dudes are going to be the ones that get to go. It's bullshit. And they're like, you know, they, they have the mobility piece down. They're going to be the ones that go. So everybody's pretty upset about it. I remember, I literally remember sitting in my barracks room, seeing them do like their final manifest call before they got on trucks to go to the airfield to get on the plane. And everybody was just sitting in our rooms and we were all just super butthurt that they were the ones that got, that got to go. Mm-hmm. So they left. Everything was going good for a while. And then we got brought in and they said that something had happened. And um, they told us that um, there was an incident with a helicopter. Someone, they'd gone to land on a, on a uh, ridge top, and someone had fallen out of the back of the helicopter, and they were trying to get some guys together to go rescue this guy. So it was uh, Neil Roberts, who was a Navy SEAL, who had fallen off the back of a Chinook on top of a mountain in Afghanistan, Takargar. And they were getting a rescue team together to go get these guys off the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And so we had guys from Alpha Company 175 that were part of the QRF. And in the process of going back, what's, what's QRF? QRF is a quick uh, quick reaction force. So mm-hmm. they're guys who are like standing by when shit hits the fan, something goes not as planned. They're, they are a contingency force to come in. So they're going to send these guys in to rescue these guys that have fallen off, uh, fallen on the back of this helicopter. So send, a, send two more uh, Chinooks up there to get these guys. One of the helicopters, uh, one of the Chinooks lands, take heavy fire from the top of the top of the ridge line up there, and the, the helicopter cannot take off. Bullet holes, you know, getting ripped through the uh, fuselage of the airframe. Guys are getting off. Guys are getting shot as soon as they're coming off. And there's this huge firefight on top of this mountain. I think right, like within the first, pretty quick, three guys end up getting killed wow. right away. So that was eye-opening. The second helicopter couldn't land on top of the ridge. They had to land down below, and guys actually had to race up the mountain to get to them. So at the time that they're going up, the guys from the original infill that had fallen off, they were trying to get down the mountain mm-hmm. to get away from what had happened. So we ended up losing three guys, and that was obviously very difficult for everybody. Um, one of the guys that got killed was a young private who was in the RIP class um, right in front of me. And so it came like way more real, like, holy shit, you know, this is serious stuff. And then, and then everybody, they hadn't come back yet. Everybody's pissed off that we're still sitting back here. Guys are dying. And, you know, everybody wants to get into the fight. Um, so that was the first rotation. And then those guys came back and then basically we started rotations after that. So you would go do, I think, 90 to 100 days deployed. Mm-hmm. Then you'd come back for like six months. And then you'd go. So the time, the, by the time the next rotation came around, six months later, we were going to go. Our company was going to go. I think all three companies. Basically, it was battalion at a time. Like a battalion would go. A battalion would be on standby back at the house. And then a battalion would be doing like training stuff. And uh, so it was our time to go. And about this time, my squad leader at the time was like, hey, I know you really want to go, but we're going to send you to ranger school. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> freaking killing me. Like, <laughs> everybody's going to go to war. I'm going to fucking ranger school. He's like, I know. He's like, don't worry. Like, this is not going anywhere. You're going to get over there. But when you, I need you to go do this right now. So for a second time, I watched my friends go deploy. I went to freaking ranger school. And that sucked. And he's like, just go straight through, come back, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll get you on the next one. So, um, go to ranger school. I went to our pre-ranger first. So, pre-ranger, of course, gets you ready to go to ranger school. 
the 75th Ranger, like every unit has their own pre-Ranger course. The 75th Ranger Regiment had their own. And I know for a fact it is the most difficult pre-Ranger course in the entire army. Designed, I think. I think they'd make it to be so hard that when you actually go to Ranger school itself, it seems easy. Mm-hmm. So it's three weeks long, and it was a kick in the nuts. Uh, I think I ended up losing like 10 or 15 pounds in that three weeks before I even started ranger school. You weren't still 150 at the time, right? I was not much more than that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So that was, that was difficult. Went to the pre-ranger course, went to ranger school, and I started ranger school. I was doing good. I was in the bending phase, and it was like the middle of the summertime and a million degrees out, and there was just one day where I was just not... I thought I was going to see the wizard. Like, it was not good, right? (laughs) Ears started ringing, started getting, like, tunnel vision. Uh And I'm like, hey, I'm like, I am not good. This is not normal. I'm like, I am not good. So they called the medics over. Went to the medics. And it turned out I had pneumonia. Oh, fuck. Mm. And they're like, hey, we're not going to let you finish this right now. Go home. Come back. (sighs) So I'm like, damn it. I got to start all over again. Serious? My boys are going to, yeah. So my boys are going to combat. I'm going to go back to the house for, like, two months get better and then come back and start all over again. So go back to the house, still just working out, trying to get ready to go back, get a slot like two classes later. And I come back, I think it's October and I get ready to start again. So I come back down and I'm like, dude, I'm going straight through. I want to be done by Christmas and I'm going to catch the next deployment. So go back, start running school again, do the same shit I'd already done all over again. Uh, like I knew what was coming. I knew the days, what they're going to be like. I knew it was going to suck. Does that make it worse? I think it's worse. Yeah. yeah. And, and everybody's like, dude, what's next? What's next? What do they got next? And I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. I mean, knowing what was coming. I think it's you worse. You did steal yourself yeah. and like, okay, I know. Yeah. Okay. I, I can imagine because it all sucks anyway, right? Yep. And then, so I ended up going straight through. It was like 72 days. You do the bedding phase. You go up to the mountains. You do the mountain phase. Go down to Florida. You do the um, swamp phase down there. Yeah, graded, you know, you're graded as a platoon leader, platoon sergeant, squad leader, all these different leadership positions. Work with, I had a great, great group of dudes in my, in my squad and it sucked. Like it, it was not hard, but it sucked. <laughs> Burned a lot of calories. I mean, you're literally like your uniform start to stink so bad because you don't have any body fat left and you're like, it, like burning like muscle tissue. Also like ammonia. So it's like ammonia, yeah, right? Yeah. So your shit stinks. Yeah. And I think... I think at the end, all in all, I think I ended up losing about 30 pounds. In, Off your 150? Mm-hmm. I was down to like 125. Like, Jesus. It was bad. If I showed you, I, I, um, I'll have to show you a picture. It was bad. like, yeah. Oh, wow. It was bad. And that's that's an elite fighting man right yeah, there. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, when you get back from ranger school, you are, your body is not in good shape. Oh. And they say it takes like at least a year for you to fully recover it's like you went to the fucking moon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Came back like, you know, cheeks all sunken in. Just, you could see my ribs. Like, it was, it was bad. Mm. The guys that get recycled, they actually do better because they get, you know, a two or three week break in between each phase where they're going, but they're eating good again. And then they'll go back out and do a phase. And then, you know, they'll recycle, they'll get fat again, and they'll go out and do another phase. And those guys seem to do it better. But you go straight through. It sucks. Wow. So I ended up graduating right before Christmas, get back home. So we're, that's coming to the end of 2002, 2003. We're getting ready to go another training event. And squad leader comes in. He's like, hey, we're looking at, a, uh, at an airfield in Iraq. And I'm like, Iraq? I'm like, no, 
Well, Afghanistan's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we're looking at jumping into um, Baghdad International Airport. And I'm like, what? What's going on in, what's going on in Iraq? And I start talking about <laughs> weapons of mass <laughs> destruction, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, right, we're going to do a couple of training exercises, and then we're going to go jump into uh, Baghdad and take the airport. And I'm like, this is going to be in history books. Like, this is going to be um, legit. We'd seen the guys that had jumped into Afghanistan, Objective Rhino, the 375 guys. We'd seen them. They got their combat jump, right, into Afghanistan. And we're like, all right, dude, we're going to get in on this. We're going to make history. Like, this is going to be big time. We did a couple training missions stateside for airfield seizures, packed all our stuff up, and we were going to stage out of uh, a base in Saudi Arabia. So we land in Saudi Arabia on these C-17s, ramp drops, we get off the airplanes, and it's like the moon. Like, <laughs> it's this moon dust in the middle of nowhere. There's like a runway and a small, like, airport building in the middle of nowhere. It's like this strategic strip in the middle of, middle, literally nowhere. Like, it legit looks like Mars. Oh, fuck. We get off, they're like, hey... There's like these mill vans are like, hey, your guys' tents are in there. Go into that building, check in with those guys, and then good luck. (laughs) C-17 closes up and takes off, and we're like, what the fuck? Are we riding camels? What are we doing? So we go in this building. There's these couple like Saudis in there. Um, They look at your ID. They're like, yeah, you're good. And uh, we go to this little camp area, start putting up these tents. There's... uh, these like GP medium tents or whatever. I mean, there's nothing. There's Jesus. like pallets of MREs, pallets of water. We're, we're putting up our own tents. There's no place to take a shit. You know, it's like you're digging a hole out in the sand. Like it's, you were starting from scratch in the uh, middle of nowhere. Wow. So the buildup starts, more planes end up showing up, more people end up showing up. And slowly and slowly the force builds there. And it gets a little more comfortable. It's, it's never like truly home, but it gets better and better. So, uh, I experienced my first, I think they call them like a haboob. They're the, uh, those like giant sand and windstorms. Okay. So they say there's one coming, right? And take all your stuff inside your tent, stay inside if you can, don't wander away because you will get lost. So we're sitting, this, we're sitting there watching this thing come and it's like this giant reddish orange cloud coming across the desert slowly but surely. And eventually it get like you, there's like a brief period of like wind before it gets to you and then it's this like all-encompassing right like you cannot see your hand in front of your face absolutely terrifying it's middle of the day it's completely black out and it's is it dust and sand it's like yeah yeah. it's like this this powdery like moon dust it gets in everything Mm. and this is like a day and a half straight of this storm coming through and then this dust like falling from the sky and absolutely horrible like spent weeks picking out dust buggers and you know <laughs> yes, sand right. sand is in everything so we're sitting there you know we're still talking about doing the jump into baghdad we get our parachutes and we do like static load training where we rig up get on the get on the airplane just to make sure everybody fits make sure everybody knows where they're going and stuff and doing rehearsals and in the meantime the ground war has basically started right so we're mm-hmm. dudes are, are getting minimal resistance getting in uh, into iraq but we hear this story about a uh, National Guard unit up by Nazaria that had gotten ambushed 
and taken, a bunch of people had been taken prisoner of war. Some of them were killed, but there was someone taken prisoner of war. So they start talking about us doing a hostage rescue and a recovery mission. We know for a fact that there's one girl that's still alive. He's in a hospital and she had like five or six people from her unit that were killed. And, we, and they think that they're in the basement, like in the morgue of this hospital. And we're going to go get this girl and get these American bodies back. So we take off from Saudi Arabia, get on some planes, fly up into Iraq and go to another airfield, uh, staging field and do some rehearsals, get this plan together. And we're going to go get this girl out of this hospital. This girl jessica lynch oh shit this has been part one of those who do army ranger with tom flaherty to hear tom's story of his part in one of the most famous military missions of the modern era what drove his decisions to change operational assignments and what led to his choice to retire from the army and move back to iowa as well as learn what tom is doing now and why his outlook is very different than that of the others that he encounters daily check out part two of Those Who Do, Army Ranger, with Tom Flaherty, dropping early next week from Those Who Do, the podcast.